I am so excited. This week, we start our brand new finance series. We talk about money today, and then I kind of jump off the philosophical ledge and then bring it full circle. And more importantly, very special, the most special of special guests are on the show, Brian Koffeltz, my very best friend to whom I am wed. But first, Dadville. You're listening to Dadville, right? Of course you are. It's on the That Sounds Fun Network. It stars Dave Barnes and John McLaughlin. It comes out every Tuesday, and I love this show. <laughs> okay, they're really transparent. They're really funny, and they talk about they talk about parenting. They've been doing a series recently called Momville, but really every show is for parents, parents to be people that just want to dig in and be the best aunt and uncle they can be. I I love the way they do this. I I really like shows like this that you don't necessarily have to be a like into the topic to enjoy the show. They are just, these guys are so engaging and talented and funny. Uh, I I love him. I love Dave and John. Anyway, a uh, lot of good guests on the show. Recently, I would be remiss if I did not mention two. The first, of course, is Bobby Moynihan, that, that Bobby Moynihan, drunk uncle from SNL. Uh, as an SNL fan, I have listened to everything that Bobby Moynihan, I think, has ever put on a podcast, and I have never heard him kind of peel back the curtain and talk about his life like this as well as talk about SNL and tell stories and just be with those guys and also recently they had on Elliot Cherry uh Elliot Cherry is a pastor in Nashville and I have known Elliot since he was just basically fresh out of high school I respect Elliot so much and was like this is going to be a good podcast and literally from <laughs> his first word on the show I was laughing and super engaged so uh, I would encourage you to make Dadville just a part of your weekly listening. It is, like I said, on Tuesdays. You can listen and subscribe at the link that is in the show notes. All right? Dadville, the best. All right. Well, let's get on with, you know, this show. Welcome to Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Hoffholtz. We, we hope, hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> Thank you very much, Eve and Lucy. I am, I get to be their dad, which is the best. I love talking about that. Uh, my name is Eddie Koffeltz. This is Doing the Best We Can, and what a privilege it is to be with you this week. Maybe this is your first time here. Maybe you have been coming around for a while. Either way, I'm glad that we are here together today. We're going to be talking about finances. I hope that it is both specific enough and broad enough to be helpful to you. Um, And the way this show is formed is that first it starts out as a a newsletter. I write this. I said that like it was some big thing. Oh, I write this. No, I write this. And then the moment that I'm done writing the newsletter, I open up the podcast stuff and I jam the record button. Um, And I do this. Uh, really because I I like to be able to share with you my realest, most honest thoughts, but I also do this without any editing. Uh, So you're going to hear me stutter and stammer and all that good stuff, but but that's kind of on purpose. I want this to be a one-take show. It's you and me and here together doing the very best we can. Oh, look, that's the name of the show. Clever, clever. I was just talking about Dave and John. Now I like, I want to have a partner on this show sometimes. (laughs) I'm jealous of them. Anyhow, uh, a couple of things. Uh, If you are not subscribed to the newsletter, that would be a huge way to support the show. I appreciate all the folks that subscribe to the podcast and to the newsletter. There are different things in each over on the newsletter today. I uh, review, I don't really review, I talk about one of my favorite shows that just finished its second season. So there's always kind of some content on each. 
Hope you enjoy. And also, I think I can say this. I'm pretty sure that today we're launching the YouTube version of this. So right now, the YouTube version of this is just kind of audio versions of the show. But if you're a YouTube podcaster, it is there now, I think. Oof, I hope I hope this is right. Yeah, it should be really soon. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say yes, it's there. Um, but also, we're going to be adding some fun stuff there. I'm going to do some live things over on YouTube. So make sure you're checking out the YouTube channel. All the links are in the show notes. That's enough pitching of stuff. Uh, let us get to uh, today's uh, kind of main topic. I really stumbled on that last part. Let me try it again. Here is what I wrote this week. Yeah, that's how a person talks. Let's do it. The following financial advice is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as professional financial or investment advice. I am not a licensed financial advisor and the context content provided is based on my general knowledge. The responsibility for any financial decisions or actions taken based on this advice lies solely with you. Please consult a qualified financial professional before making any significant financial decisions. And with that, issue 30 four about money but not really Ooh, a disclaimer how about that that's what money brings out in us this topic is so fraught with emotion and complexity that i thought it wise to limit my liability at the onset mind you i've written about parenting health suicide the downfall of the church gun control and other really important issues many of them life or death and I have never felt the need to make sure that you and I have distance between us. But when it comes to money, well, now we're not messing around. This is some family-splitting, gut-wrenching, emotionally fraught real-life stress here. But shouldn't it be simple? I mean, if we step back from it, isn't it just math? A binary reality that exists in positive or negative, have or have not? A simple equation of how many data points are coming in, how many are leaving, and how to, you can affect that ratio? Yet there's that disclaimer. Because of course any good conversation about money has almost nothing to do with math. Note, sometimes it is math, so if you don't know how to do basic budgeting, which is fine, everyone has to learn, reach out to me on email or social media and I'll send you some resources. But for this week's series, but for this four-week series, where we're going to spend a lot of time considering some elements of financial wellness that I feel strongly about, I can't do these things without considering why a conversation about money usually has nothing to do with money at all. Two and a half years ago, I was handed a little book by my dear friend and mentor, Michael. The book was by Father Richard Rohr and was titled Breathing Underwater, Spirituality in the Twelve Steps. If you're not familiar with Rohr, he is a renowned Franciscan friar, spiritual teacher, and author. And if you're not familiar with the Twelve Steps, well, that's a program designed for the addicts in the room. Hi, my name is Eddie. Hi, Eddie. In this book, Father Rohr boils down the essence of addiction and recovery with profound insights and a graceful series of face, body, and kidney blows. The fatal hit being, for me, his tackling of the ego. That is, the individual's sense of self, encompassing their self-image, identity, and the conscious perception of their own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Father Rohr writes, We each have our inner program for happiness, our plans by which we can be secure, esteemed, and in control, and are blissfully unaware that these things cannot work for us in the long haul, without our becoming more and more control freaks ourselves. Something has to break our primary addiction, which is our power and our false programs for happiness. 
something has to break our primary addiction. And while some of us might have additional hanger-on addictions like food, work, or substances, who among us isn't doing all we can with what we have or what we can buy on credit to control the influx of security, respect, and control? Who among us isn't feeding our ego, that little baby inside of us that gorges on more self-esteem, more control, more worth? You know what? I'll answer for myself here. Yes and yes. I love feeling good. I really hate feeling bad. When I feel bad, my ego says I'm a bad person, so I pop a pacifier in its mouth and wait until it spits out and demands a new one. And what's the world's most effective way to pacify a starved baby? Well, to quote comedian Bill Hicks, though some sources say it's Daniel Tosh, one of them said, money can't buy happiness, but it can buy a jet ski. And you've never seen an unhappy person riding a jet ski. That's the logic. That's the logic we use. If we need to up our self-image or identity, there's no quicker way that doesn't get us high than throwing caution to the ledger and buying something we really, really, really want. What we feel when we what if we feel out of control and powerless? Excuse me. What a terrible feeling that is. Here's a quick fix: buy something you really, really, really want, because at least we can control that. Have you ever felt lonely? I have. I still do every now and again. It's such an isolating, dark, horrible feeling that reminds our ego baby that indeed we aren't worth being around. To escape that feeling, how about we obsess for months on buying that thing which will help us overcome the fact that we are treacherously, endlessly alone. That thing will pacify the baby and make it feel loved. That thing will have a tracking number, which means we'll literally be able to watch happiness travel across the country to our city, out for delivery, and to our door. That thing will then be an old thing within days. But wait, what if I researched the best grilling utensils on Spruce that would really accent my new old grill? Would that mean a brand new tracking number? A new thing. Even just writing these words kind of makes me want to spring for the Lego Millennium Falcon. That would do the trick, right, angry little baby? So, money. For the next month, we're going to be talking about money. But this week, I'm going to assign myself some simple homework questions, and you can do it too, but that's up to you. It's up to you. I'm going to consider these questions. First, to what degree is money a part of my inner program for happiness? Is money giving me security, self-confidence, or any kind of ego boost? Am I in denial or at all defensive about how I handle money? Why is this whole conversation about money not just a math equation to me? That's where I'm landing this week. Next week, we'll assume the best of each other and that money and ego are in right proportion. And at that point, we'll dig into equity, savings, taxes, and other fun stuff with having to worry so much about the disclaimer. Okay, well, there is week one of the finance conversation, kind of more metaphoric and jumping off the ledge and of logic than anything else, but hopefully some of the questions at the end were helpful for you. I am very excited to have on the show the most special of special guests, Brianne Koffeltz. Brianne, how are you? Hey. Good. Hey. <laughs> we love podcasting together. Um, okay. So I wanted to have you on the show, first of all, because I like having you on the show a great deal, but also because... Um, I've always felt like anything I know about money is basically doing an impression of you. Because when we met, I had no compass as to like saving, spending. I was 
a little bit in debt, not like scary in debt, but I was a little bit in debt, like a little bit of credit card debt in college. And you just always seem to have this like, you always had a budget, you always kind of knew what you were doing. And so I guess my my first question is like, how did you learn about money? Because I'm like real, I'm reading what this. What is money? What is it? I real, <laughs> I'm like reading this series and realizing like, you just kind of seem to innately have this, but th- that's not possible. So how did you, how did you become so good at, at this? Um, well, that's kind. I don't know that I am. And I will have to say that you have taught yourself so much from when we got married. So it's not just me. I mean, you've like, you do the reading, you do the homework. So, um, right. <laughs> like I just said something last night to you before bed and I knew you would read about it all day. So like, <laughs> I did, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, um, I feel my dad, I grew up with a respect for money. Um, so I never learned, they never taught me, I don't believe how to like budget, but it was like, like, I remember my dad saying like the little things would add up. Like we never got stuff at a convenience store. The fact that you do is still like blows my mind. Like when you buy a soda at a checkout, it's like a little bit still is in our cringe, you know, but, but how do you drink soda all day if you don't? Well, I actually feel like I have enabled you because when we first met and you like ordered a soda out and I was like, what on earth is he doing? Um, that's so overpriced. And so I, we joked and I was like, well, at least drink $3 worth. And then you were like, gladly. Challenge accepted. So you were like, <laughs> haven't turned around. Um, so my dad taught me like little things would add up. So I was like shocked. I remember my first credit card statement and I was like, oh, this isn't mine. There was a wrong charge. Must have been. But it was just like $10 here, $4 here, whatever. So I, I feel like he gave me a respect of money and like, I never saw a credit card statement until college. Like that you were even checking a credit card statement to see if there were false charges on it. No, that's college. That's college. That's feel like I'm going off and doing that. But I also managed money. (laughs) I don't know. Managed seems that's giving me too much credit. Um, Since like sixth grade when I started working. I mean, I started babysitting in sixth grade and never stopped. My parents Mm -hmm. said like they would buy me what I needed and I could buy what I wanted because I had like essentially like endless income. And boy, did I want some stuff at five, seven, nine, but I was too little. So I had to go to spiral. Same girl. <laughs> you know, too short. At spiral? Yeah. That's like the little kid version of it. So. Oh no. Is it still open? <laughs> oh God, no. Oh no. Oh, God, oh, I mean, no. no, probably it's five, seven, nine either. Right. Right. Is right, that right like yeah. Wet seal was a different one. I mean, I'm walking around. I'm not going to put people right in now. different judgment zones, but. But yeah, but you yeah. were, you were a five, seven, nine girl. I wanted to be. Right, right. I understand. So I spent my dollars there. But then I feel like I'm told, anyways, it's weird because we have had this conversation, but we can redo it on the mics. Um, But in grad school, I just was like an emotional budgeter, meaning I would like buy my flight home for Christmas. And like in Seattle, you needed a coat. So shocker, even though it's sunny, you still Mm -hmm. need a coat. And so I bought a coat and then I bought groceries and was like, whoa, that was too much. So then I just like, kind of wouldn't spend for a week and a half, two weeks, and then I'd come back to it. So learning how to budget was really with you and starting to do that with like, we took the crown class in Mm -hmm. Kentucky, which I feel like that's helpful. I don't care about crown specifically, but I think those things are helpful because we're not going to meet on our own every Thursday and talk for a half hour about money. And this forced us to like do homework in a, like it broke it down. So that was helpful. And actually budgeting was then very freeing because in one weekend I could buy a coat, buy a plane ticket and buy groceries. And they're all coming from different pots. 
it, it was all, it, yeah, go, okay. go, please. No, please. I just want to say, though, this is come. I just want to be disclaimer aware that, like, I'm coming from a very, very, very privileged place. Like, I never was concerned that there wasn't food in the fridge yeah. or that I would have clothing or a ride somewhere in shelter. So, like, to me, budgeting has to be addressed with that. Like, some people are working two or three jobs and don't have time to, like, sit and budget. Oh. They're just trying to, like, get food. So I've never been in that place. So... Yeah, the layer of safety nets that we have and that we that, that allow us to, like, even have a conversation like, oh, what if we invested in property, whatever? I'm like, because even if everything imploded and then we have parents and another set of parents and, uh, like, there's just... It's... It is, it is coming from a place of privilege and growing up. Neither one of us grew up at all, it, remotely, without plenty of safety nets. Yeah. Right. And I grew up with family that did safety nets because I was thinking about this. Like, you, actually, my dad talked to you before me, but, like, my dad owned his own small business and my mom was a teacher. And so, apparently, I had no idea as a kid, but their finances could go up and down with a small business. Yeah. But that we never like, we always lived under our means. And so that was also probably a value I learned from them. And the other, I feel like the biggest value was like, and this is again, very, very privileged, but like, um, we'll find a way was what they would say. So if I was really committed and wanted to do like a trip, like I did in middle school, they were like, if you raise half, we'll match it. Like I ended up raising the whole thing, but like you were the one that told me, oh, that was like a leaner time for your family. So they probably couldn't have met halfway, but they never wanted money to be what stopped me from like different opportunities, mm-hmm. which is, I still hold that very privileged view of yeah. like. Yeah, no, I know it's, it's the whole money conversation is hard because I felt like all I should be really doing in this first week is writing disclaimer on disclaimer on disclaimer of just like, you know, so many people never, it, it's just hard to talk about money without talking about the, like the, the layers of like how it would be different from someone else. But we're just talking, we're coming from like, here's our experience, here's where we learned, and maybe it's generalized into wherever people find themselves at as they're listening to this. And I feel like it's like many things, it's very like both, like I am not, we are not, we have worked for our money, Yeah. right? I'm not like, we're not trust fund people, but yet I grew up with these strong principles that helped me manage my money smarter, like, you know, wisely. (laughs) Anyways, how do you say that wisely? Smarter on the m- m- more, more smart, <laughs> more <smarter>. knowledge, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> showing that I don't have any. Yeah. Um, so like of how to what to spend on degree wise and whatnot, you know, like what graduate degree was worth investing in. So, right. Like I'm just standing on a lot of people's shoulders yeah, with this knowledge. Standing on. That's exactly that was that's a way to say it. Um, I, I wanted to talk about um, you, you come from an interesting perspective, not only because you my guess with this article, well, actually, I know because we've talked about it a little bit, <laughs> is that like I come from a place where I had to really look at like what money and what that want meant and what that like it's satiating some sort of like ego driven like emptiness inside me. So I like want to obsess and buy a thing like you. I think it's fair to say like maybe you don't feel that as to the same degree that maybe I have with money like it's not some sort of like filling of some emptiness void in you well yeah I think a you're more vulnerable but I did like your greedy angry baby part that was um funny oh that little baby lives <laughs> just, <laughs> just feed a little bit I'm so bad um <laughs> but I do what was your question of what I if I if feeding a- that 
Well, well, I I guess I was just. I don't. I don't at all want to come off as like I'm this like super healthy person. Like I know, right? I like some finances for security. Like I feel like you and I are pretty budgeted, and we like we actually. Well, maybe I can't speak for we, but I like being disciplined about money. I like, like when I saw a challenge that was like, don't spend any money for the first three months of the year. I'm like, let's do that. Like, you know what I mean? I like, but it helps me. And I think us, if we have a specific goal of mine that we're Mm -hmm. doing this for, like we want to open a cat rescue. Oh oh my gosh. Can you imagine? (laughs) Yes. Can you? (laughs) No. I was just thinking when I was trying to prepare for this, like, you know, we used to joke when we taught that finance class, like if you are needing support, you should address your letter to Eddie. Cause like, he's just more generous. Like no. you would more likely just see a couple and be like, they're young. We should like buy their dinner at a restaurant. And I'm more like, let's give it to a vetted charity. You know what I mean? Like not an animal rescue. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, but, everybody. No, I know, but I I'm would rather, worst. I would rather I'd like to help people more than animals. Anyways, go ahead. But the truth is, it's like right in the middle. Like, cause my inclination is to be void of wisdom and it's all emo well but it is in some ways i'm not like downgrading myself but there is like an emotional emotional nature to money that i will much more lean on like that it feels good so let's buy it it feels good so let's give it but like you have a lot of logic and wisdom which sometimes is like i think we meet meet in the middle and it's so it's a helpful thing to learn from each other to that end i wanted to bring up sorry i'm just like transitioning but can i also say your way is helpful too because like i mean our going to Greece story. Like it was like a helpful way yeah. to live of like having experiences and doing stuff yeah. that sometimes I would be more cautious. So yes, I'm not, I'm not dogging myself. I know you don't like want to dog no, but myself like if we're show. like, if, if we've been more generous and I wanted, like I, you know, if we joke and like, if somebody sends us a support letter and you're, and we like think of our number in our head and then we realize <laughs> how, how many hundreds off we are, um, we meet in the middle. Like, it's always like, we're still okay the next day. I mean, those are the only things yeah. I know this isn't like biblical, but that's like one of the only ways they say to like test, right. To like do this, you're going to be yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you come from an interesting background in that you are a counselor. You worked in it was like you were in the middle of divorce mediations a lot. So you're sitting in the middle of, so for people that don't know, like, like part of your role was that people would get divorced and you would basically be then what's it called a neutral mental health yeah they changed the name a lot because people didn't like to have a neutral mental health person they were like i don't need mental health but like a yes it was collaborative divorce so it's they each have their attorney there's an our model there was a neutral financial person and neutral me mental health person that more like kept people on track and paid attention to like if there was an impasse yeah. You know, which there often was about money, right? Like they'll figure out the whole divorce, child support, and then they're like, we're not okay with this like retirement account. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask because I mean, the nature of these rooms that you're in when you're helping people get divorced with dignity, <laughs> like it's a hard thing, right? It's a yeah. really hard role. I thought you meant, I thought you were just going to stop there, like helping people get divorced, <laughs> no, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'd be canceled very fast. Propon- you're a proponent for it. Yes. Um, but is that like, it is about the division of assets, right? Like, and so they're part of it. They're coming yes. into that room to talk about basically how do we take our pot of stuff and divvy it up and go. No, tell me. No, sorry. I get like, shouldn't be sorry. people get like about collaborative divorce, like about CrossFit, you know, like kind of passionate. <laughs> so no, but- I like want to tell you the model. But one of the things they do or recommended too was like to, if they had kids is to put a picture of their kids in the center of the table oh. so people could remember like why they're doing it, which I think is like that's a helpful thing for anybody budgeting. Like, why are we doing this? Why, if I feel like restrained by this budget, what's my, why? I mean, that's helpful for anything. What's your North star in parenting, right? What's your like, what's the goal of this? Totally. You know, we want to retire sooner. We want to be generous. What, what is it? 
Right. Yep. Yeah, that that was the answer to the question. Oh. I was no, 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 no. It was right because I was stumbling around it. But it was like I didn't want to talk about just like the bad part, but like what's the truth that comes out yeah. of that and how you see people dividing their money. And it's that you're like, is that for it to go well, they're remembering that North Star, remembering like why right. we're doing this. It's not just some nebulous. Right. But like you're saying in the article, like money is a symbol or a metaphor or a tool. It's not just like the math. So like, I mean, I distinctly remember two situations. One is with a client who I actually, we stopped a session. We started to do a budget with them because this was such a stress in their marriage. Mm. And um, I firmly believe like it can be really empowering if like done well. Um, and so she was sending anyways, like she, but she said to me, cause her cable bill was so much that was cable. So this is a few years ago yeah. and it was so high. And she was like, I'm willing to get a second job. I won't give up cable. And so it, for me, that strikes me as like a, a, a want, but for her, there was other hardships. And that was a bit of like escapism similar to like reading is for me. And so she, she was willing to. So I just think it has to come with like a non-judgmental when you're talking, especially if you have a partner you're budgeting with, like, mm -hmm. What does this mean to you? Because right. I can think it's like, you know, ludicrous to buy a Coke Zero every time at the gas station, yeah. right? I'm just no, that's but right. like, and that comes from like a shared. It's that really gets out of then the whole like, almost the money thing, and it's just the what do you value? Like, what do you value Absolutely. individually? What do you value together? And we can budget towards those things. It's not a there's no judgment of each other's individual passions or the passions together, but it's like, how do we make the dollars and cents line up with those? Right, but that's like a real journey, right? Because you have to know from somebody, it, I think it's very helpful to know their background and is like money security or they're worried it's gonna go without. So their yeah. saving account is very important to them or this person, like, so I feel like it's, it's important to understand where somebody's coming from and what money means to them before you're doing this conversation. So yeah. you're like, you know, I was, telling you your article is not like as much like practical this year this like week mm -hmm. which is you know like my love language but i think it's helpful to have those like what <laughs> i like takeaways <laughs> um and yours is like a um you know i joked like 11 p.m just like what do we feel about <laughs> um but i think i do think it's inherently helpful to understand where people are coming from <laughs> So, do you love having me on or do you love having I me on? Do. You're like back to Uncle Jimmy who just laughs no. at everything I say. No, no, no. That's not right. Um, okay. I, I do want to close our time with, um, I've got a question from a listener and people have been sending in questions and I've been parsing them out. Some of them have been more like questions about real estate, things like that. But I got this question that I wanted to pose to us and I, it's odd because I've read it, but I haven't thought about it at all. So, uh, buy low, sell you. high. Yeah. As she wrote, my husband and I both have ADHD, which was an interesting start. And we feel kind of hopeless in the realm of ever being able to really save money. And for some reason, mm -hmm. it just seems so tough to do it. Do you have any tips on how to really take money out each check and save it when we already feel like we're strapped for money at the moment? It will be getting better in the next couple of years, but we want to start having better habits now so that I can be even better when my husband's income goes up. Okay. I love that question. It's like so self-aware and yeah. honest to begin with, which I feel like is the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like know where you're starting from, know your weaknesses, know your strengths. Yeah. So I actually love that because this reminds me of a terrible story about us. But when we were at a bank in Seattle, we were setting up an account. Do you remember this? And they're like, um, do you want us to automatically uh -huh. round up and save that amount? And you and I were like aghast, like 
who on earth will control my saving? I will save the exact amount. Nobody's yeah, no, going to tell me no, what to do. No, no. So it was coming from a real, you know, prideful, terrible place. Um, but so I actually feel like a program like that is a super great one. Like take out the money before we even see it. Yeah. But to me, that was like our a big thing when we taught that budgeting class. Like when you're doing, here's our income. Like the first line, you know, is like the non-negotiable. Like you have to be able to eat. What's the minimum that gets you like eating okay? Right. Right. Or paying your rent. Hierarchy of needs. Like we got to do absolutely. The but then I feel like pretty next level is like savings. Like what is the you know? Uh, there's different. Yeah. schools of thought, right? Yeah. Four to six months of savings. And that's not like four to six months of salary. It's like, what is the bare minimum we need to live on? Right. So I feel like to me, I want to validate how overwhelming that is, but like it doesn't need to, if you do it well, it doesn't need to be done all the time, right? You set up that budget and you can then function out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's also that hard thing too, because you like, I, I feel her looking at a paycheck it comes in, it's spent before it's ever. And then you're like, how would I take 10% out of that? How do I take 5% out of that? How do I do anything? And you kind of feel strapped in that cycle and uh, trapped in that cycle. And I, to me, that's where it gets into, first of all, just some practical, like you talked about crown. I think it's called compass now. Oh, yeah. Like compass Sorry. does. Oh no, no, no. It's changed names. 41. Compass does a really good, um, like financial literacy series. That's just like, I mean, we went through it and they like they made us write down everything that was of value to us. And we had so little, um, you know, we were in uh, like, I think I was in school. We were in Kentucky. We yeah, had I was so in community little. mental health earning yeah. $20,000. Yeah, yeah. Our rent so. was like 200 bucks a month. Right. I mean, it was just our the scale of all of the economics were so low. We put our plant on this. Like, yes. Gus, the plant, like um, in terms of like assets, mm -hmm. like they made us like, what's, <laughs> yep. what do you have that's worth something? We put a plant on there. Yeah. But like, I think that's part of it too, is just some like, I, I hear her frustration and I hear that, but like, there's a way to do it. There's a way, and maybe it's not like you're reaching all your financial goals and you're trying to invest in the future. Maybe it's just like the simplest of like cutting some costs, seeing like ha tightening up a little bit. And doing some of the things that are like, all right, I'm going to start putting away 7%. I'm going to put 7% into a 401k. I'm yeah. going to go. Tell me. I think you also, though, like, I just, like, if they can just say, here's the money coming in on a paper and, like, here's what we're spending. Like, starting to track mm -hmm. and just see it. And, like, I know Dave Ramsey, has he been canceled? I don't know where that is. He's but close. anyways, okay. So, but, and I'm not, right, I don't need to, th this isn't my thoughts on Dave Ramsey podcast or is that next it week? Is okay. Definitely, definitely not. So anyways, his envelope system, I do yeah. feel like is a helpful, like nobody uses cash, but like that kind of thing of like you and I used an Excel sheet to do it. Yeah. And that was actually like everything just went on there at the beginning. Yeah. So I just feel like, first of all, just track it for a month maybe. And then the next month be like, okay, what do we feel like we can tweak? Because, and I also, can I make a pitch for buy nothing groups in your area? Because yeah. I love mine. Yeah. Um, we've gotten so much free stuff. So, um, but I also think her and she said her husband, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, like talking about why they want to be saving, why they want to be doing yeah. that and seeing what their why is too. But also this is very big. So I feel like you do one of these conversations on a walk, right. And then you agree to meet for 20 minutes when you're not exhausted on a Wednesday night yeah. and be like, let's do numbers. And when the timer goes off, let's be done. Yeah. Like the, the, it, 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 I I hate it. Like you, I think you I have you a don't. higher tolerance for it, but man, I hate our financial conversations. But I also feel better on the opposite end of it. Do you still? 
Yeah. I, I do, especially when we have to go through, like when we do, sometimes we do like line by line and we're like thinking about like, oh, who spent what? Like who, like you're looking through Mint and going like, who spent what? It's because one of us is going through and categorizing, which we have to categorize. I just hate it. But it, there's no reason to hate it. It's just sometimes I would rather be avoiding <laughs> the topic. Um, right now I like it more because I feel like we're, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why, but I don't like I it. I feel like you should explore that if you're asking people to do it. You know what I mean? I am. Well, you I know? mean, I wrote, I'm four, just I wrote four questions that, <laughs> that I, I will be. But I, I, yeah, I, but we've had to talk about that. Like, you're never going to like get in trouble from me for spe- Like, that's not how it worked. Like, you know what I mean? Of like what that. Oh what no, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with like, I'm just a little avoidant. Yeah. Like, it's like, why, why not run today? I don't know. I just avoided it. Like, it's just like a little bit, a little rebellious, a little just yeah. not wanting to do But it's that. also so interesting because you check our credit card like every day, not obsessively, but you're like on it. Like we would know if there's a fraudulent charge. Right. But that's how, that's how I've counteracted it is instead of like not doing anything and then checking in once a month, I do like a little tiny bit every day. And for me. I think me, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I will say to the person, like, I don't know what the ADHD part has to do with it. But I do wonder if there's a little bit of that, like, if you wrote that at the beginning, because it's sort of like, I don't feel like I'm dialed in to the the daily discipline of this. Yeah, I think it's just to me. I mean, the general. I don't. I don't. As we know from Kentucky, I don't have ADHD. I did an experimental thing, right. University of Kentucky, and right. found it the hard way. Um, but they, I feel like that's why you should do it. Like it's too big and overwhelming to like set a twenty minute timer and be able to focus on that together. Yeah. Be like, what's our goal? Like, let's just like see what we make. It, in, the hopeful thing is that it's consistent each month. I think that's harder to do it if it's inconsistent. Yeah. But so I would say so. In summary, for all this, and then we'll close out the show. But um, do you mind if I close with you? Just close it up real quick. Is it weird if I say yes? <laughs> I guess it's weird <laughs> if I ask. So I already did that because either answer is a weird thing. I asked Eve for her feedback if she wanted to say anything, and this is what she said: You shouldn't spend money before you've gotten paid from it. Oh. And I think that's excellent advice. I think that's great. But then she told us, we told her that, but it's from that. S- Can you link that SNL skit? That's the best thing. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put the SNL that's skit in the show That's all people need notes. to know. Um, but I will say for the person that asked the question, it's, and I know your name, but I didn't know if you wanted to be anonymous. Um, I, I, I know that it seems like nothing, even if you're taking 10 bucks out a month and putting it in a savings account, but it is building up that habit that will begin to like literally pay dividends, but also it will start to flex that muscle and you'll begin to enjoy it. And I, I will also say like, there is a piece of it that uh, will be getting better in the next couple of years, but we want to start having habits now. I don't buy that because things and situations change. I think the idea of like being financial, good financial stewards is something that just is a habit that begins now and it's all a percentage. So if you end up making more in the future, it's the percentage of, you know, 5% or 10% of whatever you're bringing in increases in the future. But I think it's just critical to figure out how to get that financial literacy. Like now I, I, I'm a proponent of taking a class or watching a YouTube video or like Brian said, I just like that. Like you treasure what you measure, just start writing it down. Oh, but that was the, you. That was like the summary of it's what I was hearing. It's very chicken soup for the soul. You know what I mean? It is. I told that from somebody. At Way work. to editorialize what I it, just went on about. Good job. Measure. Um, <laughs> anyhow, I hope all of that conversation worked and I hope you're able to spend money and I hope um, you don't feel discouraged by it because even just the fact that you asked the question. I think it's hard and it's big and it's overwhelming. Oh, yeah. I think, but her knowing herself, I think, 
Yeah. I think it's great. But I think to your point, you have to reassess it every season, right? When you yeah. make more. But I think that was a good point that I took away from Crown, whatever it was, mm -hmm. Compass, is they were like, what's your max? And then oh, from yeah. there on out, like be generous because like you, otherwise you just kind of keep growing into if your income grows, you just yeah. like find little ways to spend it. And yeah. all of a sudden you're spending more than anyways. I thought that was a good point. It was a very good point. And we still do live into some of that. We still have a budget. And some of the line, line items are still from Kentucky. And that's not like to pat ourselves on the back, but it's just like if we don't keep expanding this budget, we don't have to keep chasing some nebulous thing that we're just like, and we have the flexibility. We got to, we got to go. What were you going to say? And then I'm going to be done. No, I just feel, I feel thankful that we started off on very, uh, for America, like very low income mm -hmm. because it helped us then as we got different jobs or different degrees and earned more rather than, I know a lot of people have earned more and then had to step down and that I just think is a harder process. Yeah. So it sounds all nice and clean from us, but we've had a somewhat easier road. Yeah. Well, um, closing music is starting. That's my passive way of ending. Oh my gosh. Shift. Academy Awards. I'm getting like the hook. <laughs> bye bye. I know. I'm sorry. I don't care. Um, thank you, Brian, for being on the show. And thank you to everyone who submitted questions. We will continue to answer them in the next couple of weeks. Remember, we've got three more weeks of the financial series. We'll be talking about, uh, things like taxes and building equity and real estate and stuff like that. I hope you find it helpful. Uh, we'll also be talking with uh, Teddy Ray. You don't know Teddy, but one of them, well, we've had Teddy I on before. Teddy. We love Teddy. Uh, about how to start a business. So if you're, if you ever wanted to learn about starting a business, that'll be in a couple weeks. Just make sure you're subscribed. Speaking of which, again, subscribe to the newsletter if you have a moment. And thank you to Uncle Jimmy for editing the newsletter every single week. You can get a hold of him. Uh, his link is in the show notes if you ever want to edit anything. And that's it. I think we're done. I'm already hard at work on next week's, and I look forward to seeing you on the next Doing the Best We Can.